Hi, this is Lee Goldberg, and you're listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television that will play part two of a conversation that began a few weeks ago with film and TV actor James Dumont. James's most recent TV credit was an episode of CBS's Hawaii Five O that aired last week. You have also seen him in such films and TV shows as The Butler, Dallas Buyers Club, Treme, Stranger Things 2, Trumbo, Jurassic World, Patriot's Day, Law and Order, True Crime, The Menendez Murders, and the Hank Williams biopic, I Saw the Light. James DeMont also has a direct line to the history of television. His great-uncle, Alan DeMont, was the man who created the cathoid ray tube, the picture tube that made watching TV possible on television sets, but ushered in the whole industry of television itself, including the short-lived DuMont television network, which gave the TV industry such stars as Jackie Gleason. James DeMont can soon be seen opposite Mark Wahlberg in the Netflix feature Wonderland. Wonderland is directed by Peter Berg. He can be seen right now on The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. You can follow James on Twitter at James DeMont. What can you tell us about Wonderland? Wonderland is a wonderful opportunity that the Netflix proposed to Mark and Pete which is to revamp the Spencer for Hire story based on best-selling novels. Ooh! Ooh! Yeah, so Mark Wahlberg is the new Spencer. Oh, that's great casting. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, and Winston Duke is his right-hand man, Hawk. Oh! And uh, Post Malone is in his first feature film, and he's fantastic. Uh, We got Bo Keen Woodbine there. We got myself, uh, Liza Schlesinger, stand the comedian. We have Alan Arkin in the film. It's a different movie. Uh, if it goes well, we'll do three of them. But the idea is it's based on these you know, Robert Parker's Spencer Fryer uh, novels, man. And Wonderland was a dog park that was in Massachusetts that very controversial. Um, and so that's where the, where the story kind of starts. Netflix like it, but, you know, there's two more in the works because, you know, shooting in Boston in Mark's hometown with his family and everything there and uh, Mark and Pete kind of working together, you know, periodically between other projects. That's where this kind of uh, whole kind of opportunity came about. I am refraining from going into fanboy freakout, James, because I am a huge Robert B. Parker fan. I am a oh huge. I am a huge Spencer for Hire fan. I think Yurik got shortchanged a little bit at the time he Agreed. did the show, but I think people recognized how good he was in that role. And I, I even think if Parker were around, I think Parker would give him more props than he did at the time. Absolutely, and I also think I've watched the film, and Mark Wahlberg nails it. Yeah. He nails essential Spencer's dilemma of doing what's right at whatever the cost may be to himself and others. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's, that's the essence of Spencer, is that, you know, it's, it, against his better judgment, you know, justice has to prevail. He has a, a moral code and a compass of which even risking his own life and others in order to do what's right. And I just feel like that's such an interesting and timely kind of scenario is that, you know, we we need more people to kind of stand up for justice at crucial moments and uh, and be a voice and speak up for people that don't have a voice and can't be spoken for. And so, you know, in essence, that is, I mean, anybody who's ever read Robert Parker books and, and Ace Atkins, who's done an amazing job to kind of keep those stories alive and mm-hmm. relevant um and i got the chance to meet with ace on the set and talk to him about some other books he's written 
Yeah, man, that's exciting stuff. So I think that there's some legs here. You know, there's something really good here, and uh, and Netflix is smart enough and wise enough to go, wow, putting Mark and Pete together is a good combination, and this story and Boston at the backdrop, mm-hmm. the win-win all the way through. James DeMont is on the line with us. James can soon be seen in Wonderland, Wonderland, the Netflix adaptation of Robert B. Parker's Spencer novel that stars Mark Wahlberg as Spencer and is directed by Peter Berg. James' website, jamesdumont.com. You can follow James on Twitter and on Instagram. On two occasions, I spent a week in Boston. To me, Boston is like Berkeley West in that not only is it a college town, but it's it's a city, but it's it's small enough that you can literally walk from one end of the city to the other in the course of an afternoon. And it's just, it's very real. It's its a great character whenever it's used in a movie or in a television project as, is, as it is in Wonderland. Yeah, agreed. Because, you know, I went to school in Boston, so mm-hmm. it was nice for me to kind of come back there full circle. Mm-hmm. I spent time there even outside of college. But Boston is just this big little city. Yeah. And the one is very similar, too. You can literally get from one side of New Orleans to the next in 20 minutes. And same thing for Boston. If you, you can drive from tip to tip from one side to the next. I mean, maybe not in 20 minutes because of traffic. But, but in New Orleans, same thing. It's these big little cities. It's small acreage-wise, but it's booming in terms of the amount of people that are there. But... Yeah, I love Boston. And we were there during the fall and winter, so, you know, woo, we got a little taste of that, like, you know, the hardcore, wicked, wicked Boston cold there. Yes, the right the right time to go in, like, September, yeah. late September, October. Yeah, that's that's the perfect yeah. time of year to go. And it was that's when we were there. We were all the way through December. It got a little chilly in December, but watching the kind of, like, the fall, you know, foliage and the, the leaves change there, I mean, my God, just beautiful. Years ago, I had an opportunity to spend a day with Robert B. Parker. Wow. Yeah. I was working on a book on the Spencer novels, which I ended up having to put aside because I got involved in something else. It was around the time they were starting the second wave of Spencer movies for either Lifetime or... No, no. They're they're doing the movies for uh, HBO uh, with Joe Mantegna. Yep. And... What I remember most is that at one point we were talking writer to writer. And it goes back to what you said earlier, James, about working with iconic actors, is that you, you separate all the trappings and the bank accounts and uh, the number of uh, books Right, but sold. when you're working together, you are on equal footing. Exactly. Creating something together. Yes. Which is... You know, that's the magic of this. Yes, and he made me feel that way, and that was so cool. And I would like to think, because I know who he originally had in mind when the first television adaptation came about. So he had a certain image of who should play Spencer. And I would like to think, given Mark's body of work and given the gravitas he has attained and earned as a performer, I would like to think Parker would be happy. I think so, too, because I think, you know, when I was doing Deepwater Horizon, it kind of dawned on me that, you know, here's a story about working class American heroes mm-hmm. in the sense that they take these life risks in order for us to have the kind of fuel and gas to get where we need to go for our jobs and our lives and you know, kids' buses to schools. And you have Kurt Russell, who is my, my generation's kind of our working class kind of hero. Mm-hmm. And then you have Mark Wahlberg, who represents the next generation of our working class kind of hero. And I feel like that's 
here we had two of them in one movie <laughs> about working class heroes. Yeah. It was, you know, kind of brilliant casting in that regard. But then when I really started to watch his performance in the course of the film, I was like, yeah, I, this is, uh, he, he's got Spencer down. He's really got Spencer's, and even Spencer's apprehension and reluctance to do the right thing at his own peril mm-hmm. has always been what, what kept that show going and, and most interesting. And I also thought that, that Robert Urich did that very well and very subtly, and Mark has definitely taken the beacon of that up. Yeah, because it was like just that was I said that to Pete when after I watched the film and I said the essence nailing the, how hard it can be sometimes to do what's right and and what the cost may be by doing so you know um, and I just feel like Mark you're right I think I think Robert Parker would be very pleased that Mark Wahlberg especially a Boston born guy like Mark who's overcome so many obstacles and has had so many uh, successes and trial and errors and other things but really he's everywhere and he's done such a great job at representing boston so i feel like if there's anybody it's mark Wahlberg. you know so the only other person i would use is my boy michael chickless who i went to college with it's like i think mike is another a representative of, of working class kind of heroes and Good cops doing tough, tough stuff. I agree with you on that. Mark Wahlberg stars as Robert B. Parker Spencer in Wonderland, which is directed by Peter Berg and also featuring our guest, James Dumont. Wonderland will be seen soon on Netflix. James can also be seen as Chad, Danny McBride's right-hand man. On the HBO series The Righteous Gemstones, you got an indie movie called Designed to Kill coming out. What can you tell us about that? Ah, that's a really interesting story. I think we're, we're working on it as a series, and um, what we're doing is we're dissecting and getting to the root causes of mass murders when it comes to our country. Oh, wow. Trying to kill, we're focusing our first season on those who are military trained, who become mass uh, uh, killers, and trying to get to the root cause of why they become who they are become extremists to the point of taking other people's lives and their own lives at cowardice at the end. And it's a very deep, uh, dark kind of piece, but unfortunately we're at a time where there are people that have had, uh, you know, severe mental illness and they have agendas and they have the means by which to uh, have multiple uh, weapons with large capacity to kill. So it's an exploration into, you know, what is the germ and the root causes of how someone becomes an extremist to uh, American jihadist, if you think of it in a sense. I, you know, played a real true uh, mass murderer uh, who, you know, did it, killed some people in an Indian sect in Wisconsin. And so we basically, you know, a friend of mine from college and I kind of, you know, worked on it together. And uh, he kind of came up with the whole concept and idea and, and saw uh, ironically, I put a picture up of a movie I've, I've done, you know, five years ago that has still yet to come out. But he saw me in a different light and said, "Man, you might be really great for this real guy." And you know, I think you're perfect for the character. And then he sent me the script, and I loved it. And we shot it in Baltimore, which is where he's originally from. So a filmmaker named Steve Gillen. Uh, it's just really well done and disturbing, but but there are moments of of getting better understanding and how to kind of identify perhaps where the seeds and the root causes of these um, extremists become. Because, and the whole point of it is to not to idolize them or give them any kind of platform, but more to look at how can we find these folks before they get hold of maximum capacity weapons. 
how do we get ahead of this as opposed to being on the backside of it? You kind of anticipated my next question. I've been told, James, that the key to playing a heavy, whether it's for stage, whether it's for movies, whether it's for television, the key to playing a heavy, the key to playing a villain is not to think of them as a villain. Now, it sounds like what you're trying to do with Designed to Kill is, okay, yes, you're playing mass murderers. So as an actor, you have to go inside the mind of a mass murderer and find something that resonates with you as an actor and bring that out in your performance when the red light goes on. But it sounds like one of the key parts of the whole show is coming to understand the circumstances of why they end up killing a lot of people. Absolutely. And right, you have to humanize what is a inhumane act or final act. And it's very interesting that if you look at I've been watching, uh, I'm a fan of the show Mindhunter, and I auditioned so many different times and just like, oh man, one of these days I'm going to get on this show, you know? <laughs> you start to, I'm going to start studying John Gacy just so I can be ready for, you know, if that comes up. Yeah. But it's like getting in the minds, you know, I think this is probably one of the most interesting parts of being an actor artist is that. I go back on the, the old Shakespeare phrase, uh, to hold us toward a mirror to nature. That, that my job is not necessarily to be famous or make millions of dollars or to be remembered uh, for one or, or many things, but to, rather than to inhabit human beings and bring those human beings' stories to light, whether they be the most darkest of stories or the most enlightening. So it's like, you know, my mission statement is, pretty clear is to unearth human beings and their behavior and, and uh, words and life and existence in the most uh, honest and human way possible, you know, in all its beauty and all its ugliness and kind of everything in between, rather than just uh, trying to be famous and make tons of money and jockey and position to move up in the entertainment industry, whatever that may be. Each and every opportunity that's kind of put in front of me, I try as best I can to, to bring to light a voice or because you know i'm kind of an everyman i kind of represent lots of unrepresented people voices jobs uh individuals that you know uh i bring to life that's really my job you know when you're when you have somebody that that as complex or as uh as destructive as this person you know they still had a mom they still had a dad they still went to the bathroom just like everybody yeah. else. you know yeah they still had particular problems it's how they manifested those problems and situations, how they dealt with that, those things that, you know, led to other people's demise and, and their own demise as well. And it's interesting, there's a lot of, like, consistent through-line threads of things. Like, I'm watching the show Mindhunter, and it's like, that's how that show got started. They start to look at the behavior patterns and the life of, of certain serial mass killers and started, you know, there's this thread of, you know, physical or sexual abuse, their abandonment and alcoholism or drugs or... Yeah, or, or bullying, you know, being bullied and belittled. I think Miss NC was really on to something, and the whole purpose is to really kind of like we have to we have to get ahead of this. That's the point. It's the greatest part of being an actor is, you know, who do I get a chance to be? Do you have a drop date or release date for Design to Kill yet, or is that too soon? Uh, we don't. I think we're in the process of pitching the show. I, he took it to, to Nat P. There were some people that were kind of interesting. He doesn't like to shy away from the violence part of things. I think some networks want to shy away from it and make it more like an, 
you know, an ID kind of like, you know, documentary style and, and, and stay away from the violence of it. And I think that's a mistake because it, it, it nowhere near has the kind of impact when you are, you see and hear and go through some of the stuff that's reenacted so you kind of see exactly the devastation of it. And it just kind of waters down and lessens what the impact and the points he's trying to make. So uh, I know he's shopping it around. I'm going to give it to my agent in order to try to kind of get it out there because I just feel like uh, we have to. And, and unfortunately, there's, you know, we have many seasons already just based on the last three to five years of people, uh, mass, mass murderers, kind of their impetus and reason and motivations for walking into places and, and, and killing people and then taking their own lives um, or having their lives being taken and not really kind of having to face the penalties or the, the repercussions of their actions, which I think is just the ultimate cowardice. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for Design to Kill. We'll definitely keep an eye out on the drop date for Netflix's Wonderland. We'll continue our conversation with James Damon after this quick time out here on TV Confidential. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251 That's 800-296-1251 Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com Front Porch Realty Group They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV or you can choose UberX the low cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential 
after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Hi, this is Ed Asner, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts with a reminder that we will play part two of our conversation with Emmy Award-winning actress Donna Mills beginning at the top of the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is James Dubon. James can soon be seen opposite Mark Wahlberg in Wonderland. Wonderland, the Netflix adaptation of Robert B. Parker's Spencer novel that is directed by Peter Berg. James also plays Chad, Danny McBride's right-hand man on The Righteous Gemstones. And of course, uh, The Righteous Gemstones is seen right now on HBO. Is there anything else you have in the works that you're at liberty to tell our listening audience, James? Absolutely. There's a film called The, the Banker that I'm quite excited and proud of, which is uh, written and directed by George Nelsey, who did The Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And this film is with uh, Anthony Mackie, New Orleans native, and Samuel L. Jackson. It's a true story of two African-Americans who in the 50s were able to own a few banks in Texas. And once they were figured out to have owned banks and giving loans to other African-Americans for their homes and businesses, uh, at that particular time in America, there was no way that they wanted African-Americans to have the same equal and economic value as, as whites and everyone else. So it's a, it's a powerful, true story, and I'm happy to say that Apple has acquired the film, and this will be the first feature film that Apple will distribute theatrically in November and December with an intent of giving it some opportunities towards uh, uh, Oscar or Golden Globes. So uh, Apple really wants to jump into the foray like Netflix had done with Roma last season, and I'm happy that, they're, that they've chosen the movie The Banker. Really powerful story. I have a nice role similar to my role in Trumbo, the character of Senator McClellan, um, who was crucial and part of the banking or regulation industry. It's just a powerful story and very well told. Beautifully directed, wonderfully acted by Anthony Mackie and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, of course, you know, steals every scene that he's in. Just a solid film. I just feel like that one's got a great, uh, great opportunity to tell an interesting story, much like, you know, another true story of two men overcoming great obstacles and building a relationship with one another, a movie called Green Book, which actually did pretty well. It did very well. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like, you know, this is a true story of two African-Americans trying to squeak out economic uh, equality in the 50s in America. And I I think that's a very profound and interesting story. Uh, You mentioned Trumbo. Now, on a couple of occasions, the butler being one and Trumbo being another, you either played a character who actually existed or you played a character that was based on events that actually existed historically. Is it harder as an actor for you to play a character who actually existed or do you approach that character the same way? Uh, good question. Yeah, I get excited. This seems to be kind of my foray here is, is playing historical characters or I, as, I, as I say, I've, I've moved into the bureaucratic jerk phase of my career. <laughs> Hollywood at that particular time. 
taking the ability for a man to be the breadwinner in a family and take out his ability to make a living and provide for his family basically destroyed many families and many lives. That's who J. Parnell Thomas is. Then you have Sherman Adams, who's kind of like the right-hand man to, I really look at him more like a Cheney to Bush, because everybody more feared Sherman Adams yeah. than they could Eisenhower. Yeah. And they knew Sherman Adams was the man pulling all the strings and making the decisions. So to be opposite, you know, unfortunately that was one of Robin Williams' last films, uh, last major films. And uh, so I had the pleasure of working with Robin Williams. And then uh, in Trumbo, working opposite my dear friend for years, Brian Cranston, who I hope to work with again soon up here in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, it's playing these historical characters is interesting because you can fall back on a lot of information. I do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I kind of get the role. And you find out more about the person and what they look at. But my favorite thing is finding out each of these guys has what I call my favorite little thing about finding a character is their Achilles heel or their fundamental weakness. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there's something that for all their great moral compass that they felt they were doing, I mean, Jay Parnell Thomas ends up going in prison for embezzling federal, state and federal funds. Mm-hmm. So here he is, he's going to have a high moral code when it comes to communism, but he's a crook himself. And even Sherman Adams, the same thing. It was just a holier-than-thou kind of guy. But at the end, as a judge, he kind of let some mob guys off. They bought his wife a fur coat. Yeah. So he, he was able to be kind of corrupted and bribed himself. So what is interesting to me is I always like uh, having all the historical information about that. Now, when you're coming up with a character that's part historical and part uh, theatrical or uh, fiction. Like Trumbo. Um, like Trumbo, yeah. yeah. I mean, like Trumbo, well, Trumbo was pretty close. Jay Parnell Thomas was pretty close. Now, he didn't go to the same prison that Trumbo was in. We felt that was a theatrical device that Jay Roach kind of came up with, which I thought was brilliant, is that the very prison that Trumbo's in is he, he meets face-to-face with Jay Parnell Thomas. Jay Parnell Thomas did go to prison, but not that prison. Mm-hmm. And that's just a great, I just felt story-wise, that's a, that's a great kind of arc there. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting to do it. These people are not alive. Their families are alive. I'm sure they feel they'd like to have a more positive legacy of, of their family and the characters that are portrayed. I haven't really had a chance, to my recollection, to play a character of someone who's still alive and be able to talk to that person. I know that with Trumbo, I was able to talk to the family, the daughters, the Trumbo's daughters uh, up in Toronto and got a lot of, and met them on set and talked to them a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting how that character, I mean, he really, really destroyed people's lives because at that time the man was the breadwinner and take away his ability to be able to provide for his family. And it's just, these folks were blacklisted. You know, they, they could, the one very, one thing, one skill they had, they were not allowed to do so. But yeah, just, I love taking on historical characters. I'd like to have play somebody who is still kind of alive and maybe have the opportunity to talk to that person. Similar question, and this goes to Wonderland. When you're performing a script that is an adaptation of either a novel, or in the case of Spencer, the whole body of literature that is the Spencer novel series. Do you think in terms of the whole, or do you just focus on, okay, this is what we need to do, this is the story we need to tell for this particular adaptation? Uh, I do both, because I feel like when you're doing a movie in particular, unlike a television series, Mm -hmm. and I still consider Wonderland a movie until... 
that, you know, it's continued on, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a TV movie, maybe what you would call it, I mm-hmm. would think, is that with film, every single person that speaks is an important and valuable asset to the story because it's not a serial nature of a story work. It continues week for week, unlike a television series where, like, you have the series regulars, then you have recurring guest stars, and then you have some co-stars that they recur. So the idea is that the, the, the story would kind of continue on. But for me, it's like I, for example, my character in Wonderland is not from the Robert Parker book. Mm-hmm. My character is created fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to understand exactly what the whole story of, of Spencer is and how he came about, what my background and history and relationship to him is, in the context of the story. Um, and I also have to understand and have a good hold on what my contribution is, because what, what am I doing in the course of the story that moves his character forward and prompts him to do X, Y, Z thing. As an actor, all scenes have a three-act structure of a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to have, as an actor, to understand the full three-act structure. But as a character, sometimes, I may be right in the middle of it. My character only knows what my character knows when I find it or discover it and see it in the course of the story. So I focus on what those ahas or discoveries are, um, but I have, a, as an actor, I have a big hold on what is my purpose, what, what, how am I moving this story forward? Right? What contribution to the greater part of the bigger story? Sometimes I've actually done projects where I've not read other scenes specific. I've not read the whole thing because my contribution is so incredibly specific that it's that's what I don't know about the whole yeah. the whole picture. But that's that's very rare. Most of the time I get a pretty big I read the whole thing and get it. But there's been times where I've wanted to projects where I've not read the whole script. I just focus on what I'm my contribution is. Or in some cases if you're in certain high profile series, you're only given your pages or that right. script because the showrunners are very protective, as they should be. Um, I had that with Treme. I had with David Simon would never allow me to see any other scenes other than the scenes that I'm in. Yeah. I never saw a full script of an episode of Treme ever. Yeah. Because his philosophy was that sometimes actors like to show off that they, you know, look, look how good I am at lying. or like. So when I was doing scenes with Melissa Leo, in, you know, I'm Melissa Leo and Treme, I had no idea whether my character was lying or telling the truth, whether I was part of a bigger controversy story thing. You know, I didn't know, you know. So you had to play it for face value right in front of you. And I think David Simon prefers that rather than the actor know too much or the actor's knowledge ekes out so much into the character that the character knows more than he would like for them to know at that time. I don't think I asked you this. Is there a drop date for Wonderland that you know of? There was talk about perhaps doing a small theatrical of it. Uh, I know that Netflix is focused on the Irishman really in the fall mm-hmm. as an Oscar contender. So I think that they kind of shifted that focus and maybe moved up to the first of the year. Because I know Mark said something about first of 2020 coming out. But that could change. I still think they were shooting for some sort of small theatrical release and then, and then putting it up on Netflix. So it could be as early as October, November could be the first of the year you know i think it's a matter of just staying tight on the uh you know imdb will probably have an indication of when they want to bear it but i think they were talking about doing a small theatrical in a few cities 
Well, whether it's October or January, I cannot wait to see Wonderland, James. But in the, in the meantime, you can see James in The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. You can follow James, his website, jamesdumont.com, Twitter. I'm on at- Instagram as well, which is Instagram is James Dumont. And then on Twitter, I'm actually James K. Dumont on okay. Twitter. Okay, James K. Dumont on Twitter. James I've really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you'll join us again one of these days in TV Confidential. Absolutely. Would love it. Thank you so much. We'll play part two of our conversation with Donna Mills when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Michelle Nichols. Adrienne Barbeau. Leonard Maltin. Joyce Bullison. Peter Onorati. Judy Norton. Robert Wagner. Robert Hook. Lee Purcell. Julie Bud. Rhonda Shear. Michelle Lee. Jacqueline Smith. Bill Antonio. Shirley Jones. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. Enter the coupon code CONFIDENTIAL when you sign up, and you'll receive $5 off your first month's membership. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a confidant. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential Podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800-296-1251 That's 800-296-1251 Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying Alexa, play TV Confidential Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how Go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. For more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.